Hello everybody, welcome back to my Blurred Opinion, and we are live and ready to go, well, okay, not live, we are not live, but we are here, and I'm happy to be alive, and you may hear the birdies chirping in the morning, Bullet is looking out the window, he sees them all, oh, he heard his name, he heard your name, big guy, you're about to hear him go boom, boom. hold on, give it a second, come on. Boom. <laughs> ah, buddy. Precious man came up and said, hey, you doing a podcast without me? And I said, no way, sir. Just trying to get you over here. I need my partner in crime. Anyway, everybody, let's get into this guest uh, before I act too silly here in the morning. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. And let's, uh, let's do this. Shall we? Shall we? everybody we are back and um found another great guest well she found she found me um you know it's it's always interesting because when you do these you take a risk not knowing anybody and 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 you don't know the person and then you just kind of go into it and you wing it and you just you hope it all works out but it's like i think for me that's some of the things i've been able to develop lately is just is faith and and you kind of pick up vibes on people and and um, especially when you run into people that are, are for the same mission and, and have the same ideologies and just open mindedness. And, um, one of the things I've cared about most by doing this show is just having people on who are going to like share their pain, be open about it, knowing that I'm not going to exploit them, but also just have the comfortability of just being brave and showing who they are and what they've been through. And then, you know, showing the powerful side of, of making it through all that. And, um, you know, it's really important to me to, to help those out there who feel alone and feel like there's no example for them, that there's, there's, there's not that superhero or there's not that individual that represents them. Um, and so um, I don't know who she represents. I mean, she represents a lot of people, but hopefully she, she helps one of you or a multitude of you out there. And so let's just get into it. Um, you want to tell us your name and maybe a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Hi, my name is Morgan, and I am a potter. I um, kind of discovered my love of pottery through a very roundabout type of circumstances. I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was young. I was in fifth grade. And um, at that time, the doctors were doing x-rays and scoliosis is basically the curvature of your spine. And so my spine was curving in three different places and um, so I had like an S type curve um, throughout my spine pretty much my entire back and um, for the first couple of years it was just monitoring checking and back bracing that became involved Um, I started wearing a back brace to try to correct my spine or at least hold it in place because my curves were getting worse And um, then by the time I was in eighth grade, they decided that um, my curves were only getting worse and I really needed to have spinal fusion surgery. And so I was 14 years old and um, that's when I underwent the most traumatic surgery of my life. It was um, my complete, pretty much my entire spine has been fused solid. I have two titanium rods and about 18 screws in my back. Um, holding my spine straight. And um, as a 14-year-old girl, uh, body image issues are real anyway. And so that was a real struggle for me just to um, 
to see myself normally because I really wasn't normal anymore, um, at least in my eyes. And so that was a really long recovery. It was a year long recovery process of not being allowed to dance, which is something I really loved to do at the time. I was a competitive dancer. Um, I wasn't really allowed to bend or twist, pick anything heavy up off of any kind of surface, um, especially the ground. Um, there were so many restrictions, um, that were just holding me back that entire year. And it really just felt like my life was was completely changed at that point. I had to relearn how to walk again, relearn how to sit appropriately. I had to carry a pillow around with me. And so there were a lot of struggles, especially going back to school in the classroom. Um, There were a lot of different mental struggles that I wasn't prepared for, as well as physical struggles of learning how to deal with my new um, physical form and what that meant and how I needed to adjust how I lived my life appropriately um, to accommodate for that. And so that's kind of my background with scoliosis. Um, but during that year-long recovery, I was really looking for a creative outlet that I couldn't get through dance anymore. And that's when I discovered my love of pottery. My mom had signed me up for um, just a kid's art camp over the summer because she could tell I was just really needing that creative outlet, um, a way to express myself. And I was able to find um, such freedom and flexibility in the clay that I couldn't find through dance anymore. And um, it was just such a beautiful connection and a beautiful experience, me being able to work with the clay and have such a personal relationship with the clay in that way. And I really fell in love with it. And that's that's pretty much changed the trajectory of my life. I ended up going to school for ceramics. And I've had various jobs in the art world, in the ceramics world, working for a museum, um, teaching private pottery lessons. I worked for Studio Potter for a time. I worked customer service for a ceramic supply store, uh, retail, all these kinds of things. And now I'm living in Asheville, North Carolina, and I um, have my own studio. And so there's all these different things about ceramics that I never would have found if I hadn't had my scoliosis experience. Sure. Yeah. And that's, again, that's kind of the whole thing about this show is just, and just kind of what I care about so much is you, you can tell all these horrific things and you deal with all this inner struggle and, and hell, an outer struggle when you're dealing with your physical appearance. Um, and then somehow, you know, and you deal with all this inner like mental pain. And then somehow it guides you to a place where you find a lot more happiness and you find comfortability and you you deal with it. Because there's a lot of things, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you, like with my eyes. Again, you know, I told you I'm legally blind. I can see some. And there's a lot of things that are comfortable for me that maybe maybe should or shouldn't be comfortable, whatever, but it's just I'm just used to it because it's my life. And but I, I you know, I, I try to make things work for me. I make everything I try to acclimate my situation to, to, to life because I've always stated that like having a disability is like trying to get into a house with no doors or no windows. But you still have to find a way in. And we somehow find a way to survive. We find ways to thrive and, and, and live our lives to our normal. And it's not normal and whatever that means, but, um, but how you, you find things that you weren't even looking for. And somehow your disability just kind of guides you along. And once you're able to like get through all the physical and emotional and mental pain, there's kind of something on the other side. That's like, Hey, like this has been here the whole time, but you wouldn't have found it if it wasn't for this. Um, and it's just like beautiful thing. Cause like for me, 
I was a kid who was super shy and, you know, went through bullying and all kind of stuff and never thought in a million years I would ever use my voice for anything because I just hid. I never wanted to be in any kind of leadership position. I hated that. I, would, I didn't want to speak. I, I mean, when I, I remember when I found out about the senior project, I found out about it in like eighth grade that I would, in four years, I'm going to have to do a presentation in front of my whole class. Now, I didn't even think that there would be other presentations along the way. I just thought about this one and I, you know, was scared for four years. And now I do stuff like this and all kind of advocacy and, you know, in a book and all this other stuff. It's like I never would have imagined it and it would have never happened if it wasn't for all the things that I had gone through along the way. Yeah, that's. That's great. I completely relate to that. There's so many things that, um, like at the time, I didn't want to talk about my surgery. Um, I felt like it was so obvious anyway. I went to a small school, so everyone knew, and I had to have accommodations in the classroom because I couldn't carry a backpack full of heavy textbooks and um, carrying the pillow around and having classmates open the doors for me. So many different things that I just felt like everyone knew, and I didn't want to talk about it. And that really lasted for a decade. I really did not. Um, volunteer to share information about my scoliosis experience for over 10 years. And it's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy to think about. Um, But coming out on the other side of that decade, recognizing um, that that experience was given to me by God, I truly believe that. And he has a will for my life. And he knew exactly what was going to happen and what was going to happen in my life um, during that surgery. And to find a love of pottery Um, Yes, I love dance, and I did try to go back to dance after um, my year-long recovery. I was cleared to go back. Um, Of course, it wasn't the same. I physically and mentally weren't the same. I, you know, performing in front of people just didn't have the same joy anymore, and I became very introverted. Um, So there were things um, about dance that I was able to go back to it, but it wasn't the same. I had changed. Uh, And so finding that joy in pottery and finding my self-expression in that creative outlet it has just been such a gain that's just been so amazing that I probably never would have found if I hadn't had my scoliosis surgery. I would have just kept doing dance for as long as I could and then, I don't know, gone to college for who knows what. You know, it's crazy how things like that just shape your life and you have no idea. You never see it coming. No, for sure, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to be, like, completely, you know, metaphorically just naked and you have to, like, just succumb and submit to the idea of there's certain things you had wrong and uh you know that you don't know everything and and that you know there's room for improvement and it's it's okay to to evolve and allow yourself to change because change for me I don't I don't know about you but I handle change very poorly I welcome it I want change I talk a big game I want change I want this to happen you know like like I told you I just got a new job and I started freaking out like in my head. I wasn't at the job, but like there, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so much. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. And this is all new. This is not my forte. Like how in the hell am I going to figure this out? Like I'm just freaking out. But for four months, I said, oh my God, I need to get a new job. Like I want this. Um, And so change for me is something I I warned and I want badly. But when it happens to me, it's, you know, it's something that we just, we don't work out in the beginning. In the beginning, we just kind of, we, we bicker with each other, but um, but yeah, and, and something else you were saying earlier, um, cause, oh, you just, just about like, like images and like, you know, and, and, and like trying to hide it. Like, I mean, I, I tried to, even like when dating early on, I would try not to even talk about it. I would try to see if they would accept me first and then spring it on them. And then, 
Um, and then in school, I tried to hide as best I could, but it was just, it was too hard. My eyes were just poor and I, you know, I do what I had to do. So it's like, if I bumped into something, it would just be like, Oh, silly me. I didn't see that there. Um, or if somebody told me like, Oh, I'm like, where's my pen? And like, it's right there, right next to you. And I'm like, Oh, duh. It's right. Like I've tried to play it off. Like I didn't know. Um, mm. but I knew and cause it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And for you, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you look as a kid, but you know, you're a very beautiful girl. So regardless but like what you see and what other people see it's like it's two different things because there's people like oh you're a nice looking guy it's like oh thanks but for me I see the eyes I see you know there's certain days where I'm just really hard on myself I'm a really hard critic and I'm just like yeah but these are broken or this is look at the scar tissue and this and that and you know and the the irony of it is some of it I can't fully see full-on details unless I take my phone and I zoom in take a picture or whatever but like somehow I, I just manifest this thing and I, I tear myself apart at times and I still have bad days. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably have some chronic pain from what you go through and I do from, from the disease I had and then I have blurry vision that fluctuates on and on and on and off and I tend to, you know, have those days where I start to self-reflect and, and you know, go backwards, if you will, not too far, just down a path of just kind of negativity or depression where it's like, oh God, like... But at the, at the same time, those depression days don't last long because I've evolved and I allow myself to have those days to kind of, you know, feel sorry for myself or feel bad because I have real reasons to feel bad or to feel sorry. But if you wallow in that pity, it's you're not you're not going to go anywhere. Your life is just going to stay very stagnant. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's great. Um, that's a great reference about just recognizing that it's okay to grieve the loss of something that you miss, but recognizing too, that you can't stay in that period of grief forever. Um, I, I can completely relate to that. Of course, like you were talking about um, body image is still a real thing. And it's something that I'll probably always be working on. Of course, like you said, I'm better off than I was um, just because I've had time to talk about it, talk to God about it, really work through it. But of course there are days um, I, all the time, I'm like, you know, Lord, why did you put me in the ceramic studio? There's 50 pounds boxes of clay and bending over the pottery wheel is hard for me to do and um, different things like that. But just, you know, a back, a major back surgery doesn't naturally lend itself to pottery. Um, but finding joy in the process and finding ways that I work around those issues um, can be something that helps too. But it is just amazing, like what you're able to overcome if you put your mind to it. Um, Cause there were times, you know, I, back in my recovery, I wasn't supposed to lift anything over 10 pounds. And um, so of course I couldn't lift 50 pounds and I really had to work up to that once I was cleared by the doctor, of course. And there was a time that I thought I would never, you know, I would never be strong. I would never lift that amount of clay. And of course I was a teenager under my parents' roof and they were very protective because they had just watched their, first child go through this major surgery and they didn't want to do it again, obviously. Um, and so they're like, you know, don't mess this up. Don't, don't do anything. Let us do it for you. And, um, that was such a nice help. And they were so amazing during that time, but it did feel like a loss of independence. And, um, I've noticed now, you know, I'm 12 plus years, it'll be 13 years post surgery this coming January. Um, 2024. And so thinking about that, um, I still recognize that I really crave independence and I really, um, have a hard time asking for help still. 
because mentally I want to do this myself. And there were so many times and so many situations during that recovery period where I couldn't do it myself. And um, sometimes that's a great thing. I'll push myself and I'll actually get it done. And then sometimes I push myself too hard in the studio and I'll have to, you know, take some stronger pain meds or wear a wrap or something and recover for a few days. And so it's constantly finding that balance of how, how far can I push myself and when do I actually need to recognize that I do need to ask for help? Yeah, no, independence is one of the biggest things for, for people like us because we struggle because we, we've spent so much time recovering, whether it's physically or mentally or both. Um, we, we spend so much time recovering and, <clears throat> and then we get, eventually we get old enough and we, we get this urge and this aptitude of wanting to, <clears throat> to do something, to help, to do more or, or just whatever. We want our lives to move and we see everyone else's lives and maybe a lot's not going on, but because they can do so much more than us or whatever, whatever our physical ailment is, we look at them like, oh my God, you're taking this for granted. Like, I, I wish I could get up and do this. Like for me, I can't drive. So it's like, I want to be able to just drive and go to wherever McDonald's and grab breakfast and come home to the average person. That sounds stupid. It's like, who cares? It's like, yeah, cause you, you can do it. Um, you right. don't look at that as like an amenity. You don't look at it as something that's like a, a gift or like a, you know, a privilege. Um, and so when we look at other people, we're just like, man, if I, if I, even if I have the, like, if I'm having a good idea or my, my pain is tolerance is down or my mental health is, isn't, you know, my demons aren't nagging at me. I'm like, you know what? I want to do my dishes. I want to, you know, I have the energy. I want to do it. I, I feel, I want to, cause I try to take my good health days and I try to use them to the best of my ability. Now, sometimes I go a little too far, um, but I try to push myself. Um, because I, 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 you know, I'm a 35 year old man. I, I'm an adult, so I want to be able to do things, do certain things. And, but it, it is kind of a reality check when you have to submit to certain things. Because I can't drive, I have to rely on people to drive me places. Um, and, and it can be, you know, bothersome because sometimes you start to feel, and I'm sure you've been here mentally, you start to feel like a burden. You start to feel like, oh my God, I am what you know. Insert age. And I'm still relying on my mom or I'm still relying on my grandmother or whoever. Um, and it, it, it gets really, that, I think some, that's where some of the depression starts to leak in because you, you want to just be able to do everything yourself. And you realize, I think sometimes we forget that we're, we are some of the strongest people. We go through so much, we endure so much, and we're constantly trying to adapt to a life that's not built for us. And I think sometimes we, we don't, tend to try to take in or realize that as a person with a disability or a person that's dealt with so much and a person who is strong, sometimes it's okay to have some weakness. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with crying. There's nothing wrong with feeling down or um, even feeling sorry for yourself at times. But there's nothing wrong with giving in to the idea of, oh, shit, I can't do something. Um, you know, I need help because everybody needs help, even if someone tries to pretend like they don't. Um, and again, like I said, it's, it's okay to sometimes to give in because we're strong all the, all the time. Like can, there's times where we just have to just kind of give in and just go, you know what? Screw it. I I need help. I'm, 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 I'm just not, I can't do it. And we just have to admit it. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, um, it's in James one and it's talking about, um, count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations. Um, because that will produce um, perseverance and it also strengthens your faith in God. And so when I have those moments of weakness and um, depression and whatever it might be, comparison, um, jealousy, 
uh, just remembering that um, through my weakness, I'm relying on God in that way. And um, his strength and his um, power and glory are even more um, highlighted in my life through my weakness. And me being able to rely on him in that way um, allows me to recognize that it's not my strength, it's God's strength. So constantly pointing back to him and recognizing that he's the one who gives and takes away and he's given me everything that I have, the things that I recognize as good and the things that I recognize as bad. Because for a time, I didn't recognize my scoliosis surgery as being something that is good. Um, but I see it now. And of course, my parents saw it as good when they um, agreed to it. Because if I hadn't had the surgery, um, my lungs were getting compressed. I wasn't able to take full breaths. And um, my hips were uneven. My shoulders were uneven. So I was definitely um, becoming contorted. And that only would have gotten worse with age. And, you know, as a 14-year-old, I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking of, well, right now, my life is completely turned upside down. And so I was mad to have the surgery and I was mad at my parents for making me get the surgery. Um, but looking back on it again, it, it took me over a decade to get to this place. And I think that's so important to remember that it's not immediate. It's so many years down the line, um, especially for me. Um, but looking back over a decade later, I recognize and I'm so thankful to my parents for making me have that surgery and for allowing me to have that surgery and for taking time to, um, nurse me back to health and to help me walk again and to help me relearn all of these things and to really take time to care for me 24 seven during those first weeks, um, that they were able to provide that for me and that they were willing to do that for me. Um, because I can't imagine my life today if I hadn't had the surgery, um, you know, regardless of whether I had found my love of pottery or not, my life would have been so much different. Um, my quality of life and, that's not to say, like we've talked about, um, there are days that I struggle with body image or, um, you know, looking at me, you'd never know that I have scoliosis surgery. I just have really great posture. Um, but that's yeah. something that I'm thinking about when I'm looking at other people, you know, like, especially the early, early years, I was even looking like, you know, someone in a movie, um, and I'd be like, you know, do they have a scar? Is their back straight? You're constantly looking for, validation or acceptance or someone like you, especially in the media. And that's not always seen, as you know, um, sure. for people who struggle with different things. And so not finding that and not finding people who struggle with our same issues can be hard. Um, and so I think these podcasts are amazing because you hear from so many different people who have so many different things going on that you might never know, or you might know and not understand, and they're able to give their voice to that and you can relate to them in that way or at least understand them um, and understand where they're coming from too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm always very cognizant of, of who I am and, and like I, you know, like I told you about this journey I've been doing with, with social media, especially with TikTok. And I, I try to put myself out there. I try to show myself regardless of how I feel. Like I don't, I don't just get up and go, Oh man, I need to try to like take a shower and look good. There were just a few mornings I got up and I just put the camera in my face and I knew I looked like shit. I was like, oh, God. But it was like I, I wanted to like let people know how I felt in that moment. I did like for like 100 straight days, I just did like a mental health check-in. It was like, you know, like no more than a minute long. And it just was just like this, you know, there's days where I was really sad and I showed my sadness. There was days where I was really angry. There was days where I was really happy. I just showed it because I wanted people to understand what someone like me goes through, someone with mental health and someone with a disability. 
um, and, you know, PTSD and, and all kind of trauma and whatnot. So I wanted to show reality because I think sometimes when people get into our position, they tend to, the more notoriety and fame or whatever they get, they tend to shy away from the, the dark days. They want you to see, they want to try to glorify certain things. They want to, to lean into the disability when it comes to like, oh my God, you're special. Like, you're awesome. Like, you're doing that with that. You're doing that with, with less. Oh my God, you're great. But then it's like, well, what about the days? Like, why aren't you showing the days where you, you're, you know, like unless if you're visually impaired, you're bumping into things or you, you, you reached for something and you missed it. Or, you know, in your case, you know, what, what happens if, you know, what, what about the chronic pain or what about when, you know, you, you have to, you have a certain way how you stand or however, like something that makes you look a little off putting to some certain eyes. Why aren't you showing that? Because that is reality. You can't hide that from people. And I think when you hide from that, I mean, you're just hiding from yourself, really. And it means that you're still shameful of it. And again, I'm not saying I don't have shame, any shame or, um, you know, I'm not, I don't have insecurities. Of course, we all do. But I'm, I'm a thousand times better than I used to be because I've just come to terms with the fact that this is my life. And, you know, whether I get this surgery I'm trying to get, even if it works a little bit, whether it works a little bit or it doesn't, like this was meant to happen and... You know, I, 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 you know, people always say like, well, you know, does this define you or whatever? And I, I came to terms the other day. I was like, yeah, my eyes define me, but not for the reason you think. Because my eyes, every time my doctor says, well, I don't know how it healed after this scratch. And I don't know how they, I don't even know how your eyes are even still doing what they're doing because you don't have the stem cells and you still can see and you can still do it. It's like my eyes are define me because they are fighters. They keep going. And every time it looks like it's getting bad or getting worse, they find a way to, to fight through it. And so, yeah, they do define me, but it's, like I said, it's not what people would imagine. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, like I said, it, it, it's amazing when you can come on the other side of all this stuff. Because, again, like you and I both stated, there's there's still bad days within all these good days, but there's more good days than bad. And that's the important part. Right, exactly. That's, that's the goal, right, to have more good days than bad days. Yeah, I'm never going to defeat my demons entirely. I know that. Like, yeah. I'm just hoping that it, it doesn't end with me, you know, the demons overtaking me and just me ending my life or, or whatever, whatever, that me doing something stupid. I, I win my battles with my demons, at, you know, every day because I'm alive and I want to be alive. There was periods of times where I did not want to be alive. Being different and, and, and all that was not cool. I didn't, you don't want to be different in high school. But now, like, being different is awesome. Because every time I look around social media, every time I look around and just at people, everyone's trying to be like the next person. No one wants to be themselves. Everybody wants to put filters on. Everybody wants to put makeup and, you know, wants to get all these enhancements to their bodies and all that. No one wants to just be themselves. Everyone's ashamed to be themselves. Um, they let celebrities and in, 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 in social media dictate what they are going to be and what they look like. And for me... I have physical and emotional scars. And for me, it's like, here they are. You like them? You don't. I don't care. Like, I'd rather be like, you know, I'm a still a single guy and I've dated enough and been with girls and whatever. But like, I'd rather be by myself and alone than be with people who don't appreciate me. So it's like, I look at the same way I look at everyone in the world now. It's like, I hold people to a certain standard and it's like, People don't want to accept me for, for, for my scars and accept me for my eyes and then all the shit I've been through then I'm good with it because I have a lot of good people in my life. So 
I'm good with where I'm at now. And that's helped me to just kind of appreciate life more and appreciate me. And, uh, it's, it's, and like I said, there's still days where I, I internally beat the shit out of myself where I go, Oh God, you know, or whatever, whatever it is that I'm honing on at that day. It's like, yeah, yeah. But I usually no more than 24 hours. I bounce back and go, all right, let's, let's get to the next thing. And, uh, Whatever that was yesterday, that's what it was. But we're we're on to the next day. Yeah, I think that's important too. And recognizing, like you were talking about identity, um, that is hard because you don't want your differences to define you. And then at times, at least I find that I do want my differences to define me. You know, like sometimes I, um, especially I've written a book now and. So it's, I do talk about my scoliosis experience there and I'm proud. I use the hashtags of, you know, scoliosis awareness, scoliosis surgery. I'm, I want to belong with that group. But then there are days, of course, that I don't, <laughs> I don't want to belong with that group. I want to belong with um, the people who can have full mobility in their spines and I'm just not part of that group. And so constantly speaking where to find identity, where to find, um, you know, where to find that connection and that understanding and acceptance uh, can be exhausting. Um, but I think it's important to I'm constantly reminding myself, like I am a child of God and he has made me this way. And not only that, but he's made me this way so I can help others. And I love to share my story to those, like you're saying, who care about it. Um, and even one step further to those who it might help. I love giving advice. Like there's been several people who know people who have, um, scoliosis or they might be going through surgery or something like that. And it hasn't happened often. And I think it's because I haven't shared my story enough and I'm working on that now, now that I'm able to see, um, the good that has come out of me sharing my story and to recognize that this is the purpose that God has given me is to share my story. Um, but the few times that I have been able to share my experience, um, I just feel so useful being able to help other people um, understand what they're going through and to tell them, you know, this is my experience. This part was scary, but this part wasn't as scary as I thought. And be prepared for this. And I wasn't mentally prepared for what that was going to be like. And, you know, trying to help give them the aid and the assistance that I never had going into the surgery um, because I didn't really know a lot of people who had had scoliosis surgery um, as a teenager or who were willing to talk about it with me, I guess I should say. Um, And so I think that's just so important to have those people in your life and to be that person in someone else's life to really come alongside them where they are in their own experience and use your story to help them at the same time. Yeah. And as the saying goes, you know, you have to, if you, you know, be the change that you want to see or whatever the saying is like, you know, like if you want, you want something to happen, sometimes you got to do it yourself because, you know, you're just waiting around for someone to make this ultimate change and, 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 you know, defining uh, move. And it's like, well, maybe you're the one. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you're looking for that woman or that person out there with, with, you know, with scoliosis to be like, look, I'm beautiful and I have scoliosis and 
Um, you know, I'm the person that's going to take a stand here and, and I'm going to show you how to live a life and, 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 and be beautiful and still have this condition. Well, maybe you're the, the, the you know, they're the de facto person to go to. Cause like for me, it's like, I've, you know, I, yeah, I see people who are blind and visually impaired doing great things. Um, but I don't see a lot of them who show all the flaws either. I think some, you know, talk about them at times, but for me, I, I realize like there, there's always been this one person I've been waiting for to just kind of show up and be like, yes, this is oh, that's that's my life right there. Like you have parts of my life, but there's not I haven't found this one person that's just like, oh, my God, you, you hit every aspect of my life like boom. And I realize like maybe I should stop waiting for him and just be that person because, you know, like I, I have to just own who I am and just learn to love who I am and just be like, okay, look, man, this, I'm not going to sit here and say having a disability is always fun. Cause it's not, there's days that suck and you know, there's nothing you can do about it. There's days that are sad. There's days that are painful uh, mentally and emotionally. And I have to say that because there are days that mentally or most or physically, they're not that bad, but there are days emotionally where you're just like, you just, you, it's, it's, probably worse than the physical pain you you rather the pain the physical chronic pain than the emotional because the emotional pain sometimes is more crippling um because you you're really stripping yourself down to like the bare minimum and you're just destroying yourself and those are the moments where it, it you really realize kind of how strong you are because sometimes you know you can really do a lot of mental damage to yourself by just beating the hell out of yourself and just pointing things out that are very obvious, but really exacerbating and, and, and honing on it so much to the point where it's just like, my God, like, why am I even here? What's the point of all this? Like, I might as well just end this because you're right. You know, other self, like life sucks. What's the point of living? And then, you know, but hopefully in our case, we, we found ways through all that, but, um, back to the, the actual point is just, again, you want to, you know, there's nothing wrong with also showing that as well, showing every bit of it. But as I said, it's not always fun. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's sad. There is, there's something really awesome about having a disability. And that's something I don't think a lot of people focus on other than just kind of trying to glorify it and not focus on the other part of it. But like when you can tap into, you know, what we call like our superpower and we're, we're able to really realize like our vision and what our disability really brings us. And, and it, it, it's something that is beautiful that comes out of it when you can really find yourself and you're not sitting around feeling sorry for yourself and always playing the victim, even if you are a victim um, and you, you're able to get up and, 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 you know, whatever, metaphorically or physically get up and, and, and fight for yourself and, and, and not be a victim. Cause I, you know, we, we deal with all kind of stuff that, you know, our, you know, I always say the disability is the easiest part of the disability. It's everything else that makes it harder. And if you're able to tap, tap into your disability and you're able to own who you are, no one's going to look at you like some pushover, like some victim. Um, but if you play into that character and you sit there and you just say, ah, I'm poor old little old me. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm scoliosis girl. I'm blind boy. Like, I'm just a poor little old person who just can't, you know, handle life. Well, people are going to look at you like that and they're going to treat you like that. But if you come off strong and you, you realize like, you know, cause I heard someone saying, I'm not a word person. I'm not a person that's like, oh my God, you should ban these words and all that. But 
I heard someone say, don't ever say you're a disabled person. Say you're a person with a disability because you're first stating that you, you have a dis, you, that you're a person first, then you're a disability. I mean, it's sad that you have to do that, but there are people who don't think that we're people for some stupid ass reason. But it's like if you state that, hey, I'm a person first. I'm a person and I so happily have this ailment, but I'm still a person. I still think, I still breathe, I still do everything that you do. It's just mine's a little harder. And, you know, for me, it's like I said, being the change. You got to like, you just have to be fully honest with yourself because there's no point of even trying to be honest with other people if you're not honest with yourself. And so you just got to give in to the whole idea of, you know, okay, there are some things that I have to to, to change and and tweak and and do this and do that. And I was wrong about this. I was this and I was that. And then you start to go, oh, not so bad because... You know, like, and just like I said, having a disability, it's not so bad. Just learn to find ways to thrive within it. But if you sit around all day long and go, oh, God, life sucks. Life's going to suck. Just going to. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And um, just remembering, like, there's so many different aspects of that, too. So many different things um, to talk about within that um, that you're talking about. No, I'm just trying to, like like my thoughts and think where to start um but i completely agree and i think like you said some days are better than others and that's important to remember too um like not every day is a bad day and i think that's beautiful um and i think the bad days help us to recognize how good the good days are too um i i know there's times like in my studio where i'll just have to plan like i can't do this today i'll have to do it a different day or I can't do this at all. You know, like I'll have to figure out another way to deal with this problem and um, find an answer that doesn't require me lifting this amount of pounds or whatever it might be. Sure. Um, and I think that's important to remember. And the the disabilities or the differences that we can't see, like sometimes, you know, just talking to you over the phone, I'm not looking at you. I would never know that you're blind. And I think that can be... Um, good and bad you know the disabilities where you might not notice that I have scoliosis um I wouldn't know just over a phone call that you're blind I think those are so interesting because like you said we can hide that um but I don't think we always should um I don't think it should become the first thing we talk about like you were mentioning with saying you know you're you're a person first and then you have these things to deal with because everyone in every stage of life on this earth has something to deal with. There are different degrees of how they deal with it. And some people mentally deal with things better than others. And there's so many different facets. And so it's always important to think about, like, we never know what anyone else is going through at the time. Um, And just to be cognizant of that when we talk to complete strangers, of course. Um, But then to also remember, like, like you've said, we've gone through so much that, you know, one thing, one thing that someone says, um, yeah, it might hurt. I, you know, I carried a pillow around. There were comments all the time that I, you know, that still I could remember them today and talk about them, but um, that's not what I need to dwell on. You know, that's not my identity. I don't find my identity in what other people say about me. And I think that's so important to remember. Yeah. I think one of the best compliments I've gotten is more recently where, um, so when I go to work, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like super fashionable, but I, you know, I, I match very well. And so I match all, you know, whatever. I usually have the same color shoes as my shirt. And 
you know, someone said like, you can't even tell that you're visually impaired because the way you weave around through things and, and you, you walk with like a certain confidence. Now, again, if it's a good eye day, if it's a good eye day, I can do it on bad eye days. I still walk with a certain confidence, but it's still, it, it, it it's lesser. It, you know, I, there's, I'm definitely a little more insecure and more, I have to be a little more aware of my surroundings, which I still am. Cause I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I don't, I still don't have a problem even on my good days, but it, 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 I try to carry myself and I try to walk around and it's not that I'm hiding my eyes because I know that visually people can see and, and I'm not, you know, I, I can, you can only hide it for so long anyway. Uh, but for me, I, I try to just be, just be myself and, and try to make it look as cool as it looks, not trying to really try to be cool, but just try to make it look as good as it good, you know, as, as I can, because it's, it's, you know, like I said, I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Like, Oh my God, like, it sucked. Why would you? Oh my God. Cause I know I've, I've talked to people in wheelchairs who are just like, Oh my God, I'd rather have this problem than your problem. And like, I, I you know, that, that's all perspective, but mm. you know, cause I think the other way around, but for me, it's like, I get it. Some the idea of losing your sight to a lot of people is really scary, but this, this is my normal. This 31 years I've been doing this. This it's, I'm just used to this. And I, all my goal is to just try to live my life the way I can and hopefully be a role model for not just because I never, I've always thought bigger. I've never thought like, Oh, just be a role model for visually impaired or blind people. I, I, I meant for anybody who's dealing with any kind of struggle, but especially people with disabilities, because I, I know there's a lot of, I know so many people in the disability community that are struggling, um, older or younger, um, you know, paralyzed or, or whatever, hell, Tourette's, whatever, whatever their condition is, blind, deaf, whatever. I know so many people that are struggling. It doesn't matter their gender or their color or their financial status. They're struggling in so many ways because life is just so hard. And um, I'm trying to just be one of those role models. It's like, hey, like, I get it. I get all that. But I'm still here. I still I still have legitimate days where I smile. I don't, I don't file, I don't smile fakely. Like I'm not a person that just can just do a real legitimate, like show my teeth and yay. Like I'm not that kind of person anyway. I want to be, but I, it's hard for me to be like that just because again, I care, I've carried around a lot of weight and a lot of trauma. Um, but I do genuinely smile. It's like this conversation to me, you know, pretty much makes me smile because it's, it's something, it's a, it's a great conversation, but it's also, it's just, you know, it's nice to relate to another person. It's always nice to know that there's another person out there going through it. No matter how many of these I do, it's always great just to interact with somebody and say, hey, like, hey, I'm going through it too. And it's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree completely. It's nice to talk to somebody who um, understands. And, you know, of course we have different struggles, but just understanding the struggle in itself um, is really nice. Um, sometimes I... <laughs> I play this game. I don't know if you've ever played it, but hearing that you've had, um, like your, your struggles started when you were young and mine started when I was, um, young as a teenager. So I wasn't all that young, but, um, younger than I was, am now. Um, but sometimes I think about things that I did before my surgery and after my surgery. And then sometimes I, uh, I guess the game I like to play is like, things that I'm so thankful I learned how to do post-surgery so I wouldn't know the difference. Like the big one for me is driving. Like I learned um, how to drive after my scoliosis surgery. And I was really, I'm really thankful that I had that happen. And people would, 
probably think I'm crazy. Um, but like from my perspective, I still can't bend and twist my back. So um, learning how to, you know, get in and out of a car or turn to check my mirrors or turn to look behind me on my left side to make sure I can merge and all these different things. Like the thoughts of me having to do that pre-surgery and then learning that all of that was taken away, uh, I think would be harder than being just realizing now, Oh, this is, this is how I do it because this is how I, how I am now and how I'm built now. And this is how I have to work now. And I think about that with pottery too. Like I never really threw on the pottery wheel before my surgery. And so, um, yes, I've had to make all these accommodations and I don't throw like other people throw on the wheel, but I'm so glad I learned it after my surgery because I don't miss what I never had. You know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. Cause it, it is like we were talking about earlier. It's really easy to just stay in mourning. Cause it's like, man, I lost something in your case. Like your spine isn't the same. You didn't necessarily lose it, but it's, you know, and for me, I didn't necessarily lose my vision entirely, but I'm still mourning everything I lost and my lost my childhood. I lost a good part of my life. There was a lot of things I, I was good at basketball and my eyes kept getting worse. And so I couldn't do that. So you focus on the negative more because you look at everything you lost. And again, back to change, like change is scary, especially when you're young. You're like, oh, my God, what? Is, I don't even know what change is, but it doesn't sound good. I got to do this. And it's not like I did yesterday. That's terrifying. But yeah, if you focus on, like, if you hone on the things that are, you know, that would have never happened if this didn't happen and, and all the things you learn. Like for me, I think one of the biggest things that I can probably talk about is how I was able to kind of tap into, again, my superpower, my vision, where it's like, yeah, vi- physically, my vision isn't the greatest. But like, I'm able to kind of one, have empathy, but I'm also able to kind of see things that a lot of people that are obvious to me that are not obvious to the average person. Like for me, I don't have a lot of biases. I don't look into like, I'm not like, oh my God, I am a, I'm a diehard Democrat or Republican. And I, you know, I, as a kid, I did this and now they will always do this for me. And like, I can see things in the in, right in front of people that it's like, duh, like, of course, why would I listen to that? Like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And they're like, well, yeah, but the other side, they're, they're doing this. And it's like, so you, what you're still saying is stupid too. I don't, I don't understand why, why, what are we, what are we talking about here? Yes. Just cause you don't want the other side to win. That's why you're voting that way. That's idiocy. Like you don't want to make real change. You say you do, but you just say you're just going to vote for somebody who's dumb. And I don't, I don't care either side. I'm just making a point, but it's like, for me, I can, I can look into something and just go, Oh, okay. Let me, let me see something for what it really is. And that's kind of one of the things I've been able to do with people as well. It's like, I'm always about letting someone be themselves or I'm always trying to get to the bottom of who someone really is because I've dealt with a lot of bullshit, a lot of lies and, um, and, and you know, and whatnot. But I, I just want someone to be themselves because I know how many times people tried to make me be something else. Or I know, I remember times where I, I tried to be something else because I didn't want people to see me anything less or, you know, I wanted to make friends and, you know, I didn't want them to think I liked something that they didn't or vice versa. And so, um, I'm able now, it's just like, yeah, for me, it's just like, I'd rather, I've been able to tap into me and just be myself and allow others to be themselves and see people for who they really are, good or bad. Um, and that's something that would have never happened if I 
none of this happened because I, who, who would care? Like, why, why would I really try to see things for what they are when, you know, I have real vision. I have physical vision that I can see a mile away. Well, who gives a shit? I, you know, I take, I would take that for granted most likely like most people do. <clears throat> That's a great point. And I, it's hard sometimes to not be jealous of that. Like people who take, um, full mobility for granted, like what in the world, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, man, I wish I had that. Um, but then again, like there's so many things you're talking about. It's just, I can relate to, but also like there's so many good things in our lives that we have, like we're able to communicate with one another and we're able to have intelligent conversations and there are so many beautiful things too. And, um, recognizing that, um, you know, people are always talking, I've heard all the time, you know, why do good things happen to bad people? And um, without, or why do bad things happen to good people? You know, it can go either way. Um, but like without, without the balance of bad and good, good and evil, whatever we're talking about, um, we wouldn't recognize the other. If our lives were only good, we wouldn't know what bad was. And I think it's beautiful that we're able to see like through these struggles, um, we're able to see the goodness and the hope and recognize how many other things in our lives are so much so beautiful and so good um, despite the things in our lives that aren't as good as we would want them to be. Yeah. And, and I think I said this on other podcasts. I know I said it on social media, but it's like so many people walk around here like entitled huh? and they don't understand because it's like, you don't know what it's like to win unless you've lost. And that, and that can mean for anything you, you could take as a literal sports, you know, reference or, or analogy, but, I mean, legitimately, like, if you haven't lost something, like, if you haven't been at the bottom, like, mentally, where you just hit rock bottom and you wanted to end your life or you just did, you just, even if you didn't have the conviction to actually commit the act, you just gave up on yourself and you just said, I'm done with life. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to lay here. I'm not going to try to get a job. I'm not going to try to pursue dating or try to make friends. I'm just going to lay in my bed and cry and just succumb to my pain and I'm done. Like, if you haven't hit that spot, if you haven't hated yourself, you know, if you haven't gotten to a place where you literally just detested every bit of you, physically, whatever, and every time you looked at yourself, you just cried or you wanted to vomit because you're like, oh, God, what is that? Um, where you literally let, you know, haters or doubters or, or people who discriminated against, like, you let and you, you let those voices just overtake you and, and you basically verbatim repeat things they've said because you don't have the strength to stand up for yourself anymore because you just you've given up um then you don't really know what it's like to win like you have no idea what is on the other side you don't know how to even appreciate the fact that like wow holy shit i made it through a major surgery that could have paralyzed me and yeah i lost the, the maybe the ability to dance the way i used to but look at everything i have you had to, i mean the surgery was just the beginning um, you know, scoliosis, I don't know why I always want to keep saying spina bifida. Scoliosis was, is always the one thing, you know, that was the thing, that was the, like the precedent, that was the beginning of, of all of this, but it was, it was really everything else that you had to endure after. Once you had to try to, you know, become a teenager, when you were really a teenager and you grow into adulthood and you had to try to struggle with image and, and, and you're getting your mental health and all that, like, until you hit, and, and I'm not, in this part of it, I'm not talking to you, but once you, once you hit bottom and then you, you actually accomplish something, you start to do things and you start to break your own barriers and, and you push past your own limitations and now 
you create your own, you, you figure out what your real limitations are. Like I know driving is my limitation, but I'll be damned if anyone tells me anything else is. And if it is, I'll find out, but it isn't going to be because you told me to, or because you told me it is. Um, and so, like I said, you can't, you have no idea what it's like to win unless you have failed and not just failed once, like failed, got up, failed again, got up, failed even harder and then got up and then failed again. And then, you know, prospered and, and made it a little bit and then failed again. Like you don't understand because winning means nothing without losing. It just, it means, cause you, you could be winning right now. And you don't even know it because you haven't lost. And then when you lose, sometimes you have to reflect and go back and like, oh my God, that whole time I was winning. Like I was doing well in life. It may not have seemed like it because I didn't have the most money or I, w- I was single or whatever, but I was winning. I just didn't know it. And now life threw me this huge curveball and this is, this is what losing is. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely relate. Like you're talking about chronic pain, you know, um, first it was, the scoliosis and I thought okay I've made it past that surgery um, but there are so many things that your spinal cord affects um, just because I can't bend my back I've uh, tweaked other parts of my body I had um, a nerve issue in my elbow for a time and every once in a while something will kind of misalign and a nerve will get pinched or I've been struggling with a knee thing for I guess about a year and a half now. And there's all these different chronic pain things that come alongside and all these things that you don't know. And even mentally things that you don't know, there's so many things you can't prepare for. um, And you just don't know that you need to prepare for them either. Or at least I didn't um, going through the surgery. I thought, you know, a year recovery, that's going to be terrible. But after that year's over, I'll be fine. And of course that's not the case. Um, But as a teenager, you don't know things like that. Um, and then I never, you know, the doctors say, oh, well, you're fine now. And they don't know that, you know, things will happen down the line because they don't have, they didn't have scoliosis, you know? And so it's all, it's, it's so good to be able to talk to other people who have other, um, situations that they need to work through and chronic illness or chronic pain or whatever it might be. Um, because there are so many people who don't know, including the doctors. Um, they are there to help and they did great. And I'm so thankful for them for, um, correcting my curve, but they don't know the pain, you know, only I know what the pain is like for my own back. And I think that's important to remember too, um, just about everyone in their own lives. Like I can only speak to my own experience. I can't speak to anyone else's experience. So like you were saying earlier, talking about, um, you know, what someone else says to you, uh, way too many times I've let what someone else say to me, um, dictate whether I do something or not. If they say, Oh, you can't do that, or you shouldn't do that. Um, too many times I've listened, you know, and I think it's important to remember that, um, they are not an authority over you. I mean, unless, you know, of course you're a minor and they're your parents and you probably should listen to them. But, you know, (laughs) as an adult, I'm in control of my own self. Um, of course, I am a Christian, so under God, you know, I believe that God is in control of my life, but I am making my own decisions and people around me do not have that authority over me. And that's something that I constantly have to remind myself of. Yeah. And I think not to be too negative, but to paint a real picture for anybody out there who's 
fully abled. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes people in the disability movement tend to go at people with able bodies. Like it's like, Oh, they're like, they're the devil type of thing. It's like, no, there's plenty of great people and there's plenty of shitty people in the disability community. It's just, you know, there are people that get in our way and they tend to be people who make laws who are able bodies and they don't think about people like us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just owning who you are, man, it's, it's, it's really, it's really a thing. Like it's, like I said, I'm so big on, on individuality and, 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 um, you know, just being authentic, like authenticity means so much to me. Cause it's just like, you know, you don't see a lot of people like us doing, um, like what I'm doing or what I've seen other people doing, what you're doing. Like it's, 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 you know, it's hard. Cause I think a lot of people, what they don't tend to realize is a lot of our good days are your, would be your worst days. But they're good for us. Like, they're just good. We we take them for what they are. And we go, damn, this is a good day. My eyes are still blurry. You're still in pain. It's just a better day. And we welcome those better days. Because the really bad days are really bad days for us. So it's like, right. you guys don't, like, and I'm not, just, I'm not talking to anybody specifically. But it's like, you have to really, when you want to take a look and really have empathy and really try to understand us, it's just, we're always, we always have a little tear in our eyes because we're in pain or because or we're, we're sad about something. We're always gritting through our teeth through some sort of pain or, or whatever. But we also are smiling and we're still, you know, again, like, when I said the disability isn't the hardest part is because the end of the day, we still have to be, whether you have kids, you still have to be parents or you still have to, we still have to shower. We still have to pay our bills. We still have to do everything that you're doing. Plus the fact that we're in pain, plus the fact our visions are blurry or, um, plus the fact we have hurdles that people won't hire us or, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, dealing with social security and all these other things, um, all that is on top of what you already do. And we're doing that too. And I'm not, I'm not trying to highlight that to make us seem more special. I mean, it, it does in some ways, but it's not even about that. It's just, you know, so many people, again, take this stuff for granted. I hear people say stuff all the time about their bodies and I'm just like, man, you don't get it. Like, you don't understand like how easy you get. It. It's like, Oh man, my, my foot hurts. It's like, yeah, and my knee is on fire right now, and it's just, I don't even know why. It just hurts from whatever God knows whatever's happening to me. It's like, I promise you, even if your pain is worse than mine, like, yours is going to go away probably. Mine's just going to sit here, and then it's going to go away and come back. And, it, and, you know, and it's not even to be argumentative or to put anyone down. It's just I wish more people really understood. And that's why I had this theory one time where it's like, and I'm just more talking about vision, but it's like I really wish – for a year, everybody was blind and see how we would treat each other. I'm sure there would still find ways to discriminate against people like, oh, you're, you have deeper, you know, vocal inflections, so you're strong and ones with the, you know, more feminine voices, oh, you are the weak ones or something. Somebody would find some way to discriminate against somebody. But for the most part, I think it would clear up a lot of the discrimination because you can't just say, well, like, okay, you sound black, but it doesn't mean I know you're black because you don't even, I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying if we wipe out certain things and we all don't know what we are, we all just go, okay, you're, okay, you're a guy, you're a girl, cool. But I can't discriminate against you because I don't know what you look like. And for me, like, there's certain things that it's like, you know, I've dated girls and girls be like, oh man, I got this pimple on my face. I'm like, well, I can't see it. So I don't give a shit. What do I care? It's like, oh, 
It's like, yeah, you're worrying about it for nothing. I can't even see it anyway. Unless I like really took my phone out and took a picture and zoomed in. Like, why would I do all that? It's a lot of effort for nothing. Like, you know, I don't, cause I don't care about stuff like that. Um, and you know, that's why I think when it's funny when people started like, oh my God, when, when HD came around, everybody's like, oh, now you can see all our, our defects and all that. It's like, eh, like that doesn't bother me. I just, I just see people and I go, okay, yeah, they're that, they're, you know, they're that. I don't, I don't judge them. I don't really care. And that's something that's kind of with my vision getting worse. Like my, you know, mental, like my third eye kicks in and it's like, I see people for who they are. And that means I see them legitimately, whether they're bad or good. And I, I just leave it at that. I don't try to go too deep into it. Like, it's just like I, I try to figure out who you are on the surface. I try to get deep in and try to figure out who you are inside as well. And have I deem you to be a bad person? I mean, if you prove yourself otherwise, great. If you don't, you don't. But I don't, I don't really judge people. I just let them be who they are, whether they're good or bad. It's just don't impact my life. Like, if they're a bad person, you stay over there. But, you know, for some people, some people are, you know, dangerous to themselves but good to others i don't know but um like i said i i I just i try to let people just be who the hell they are and i leave them alone and i think that's what most people want especially in our case like i don't you know i don't think most of us would have cared like you saying carrying around your pillow and all that i don't think you would have even cared that much if there weren't people saying and you know bullying and doing all that kind of stuff somebody was just like if everybody came up to you was like oh my god that's the coolest pillow and i like how you walk and I think you and you like if, if you could have become popular just because of your disability. I don't think you would have cared all that much. Like if every guy hit on you, it's like, oh my god, like wow. Like for me, like if if every girl came up to me was like, we love your eyes, we're gonna take you to the prom, and everybody picks me up and you know they do the wave with me. Like I would be like, oh my god, this is awesome. But that's not what happened. Yeah, that's a great point. And listening to you talk about that and. I think it's beautiful that you're able to accept everyone in that way. And um, your disability allows you to do that. And I would say um, from my standpoint, um, being, uh, you know, and I had my parents took me to several different doctors to get different opinions and having, um, you know, these professional medical doctors looking at your body and pretty much telling you that it's wrong um, was not great as a teenager. And so coming out of that and, for a time I really craved symmetry because my back wasn't even. And so my spine wasn't symmetrical and every doctor would point out that, Oh, well this shoulder's higher than the other and this hip's higher than the other. And of course they're trying to fix me. I understand that. Um, but having those things, having those phrases spoken over you about, you know, a shoulder blade protruding or whatever it is. And oh, all of yeah. these things are so superficial. Um, but of course they were getting to the medical part of the issue trying to solve it Um, but just hearing it it sounded very superficial Um, for a time I really craved symmetry um, perfection evenness everything needed to be beautifully perfect and I recognize that's not we live in a fallen world there's no way that that can happen perfection it will never happen on this earth and um, so since then I think in my own um, creative body of work it has allowed me the freedom. I always say I um, discover the original or the individual within the identical. I make the same exact cup shape every time, but I do different designs on the outside. And I'm finding that individual within the identical. And I think that's um, because of my situation and my struggles and my scoliosis experience, 
I'm able to recognize the beauty of the individual because um, that's something that I have to come to terms with in my own body. I am, my body is a very individual, unique body. You know, no one else has the, the exact same rods and screws and body shape that I now have because the doctors um, fixed it this way. And um, it has had to be something that I've had to come to terms with. But because of that, I'm so much more accepting in my own body of work in the art world and recognizing and finding beauty in other art and other art that other artists make. Um, I'm so much more um, appreciative of their art and accepting of all styles of art. Um, I talk to, you know, friends and acquaintances and they're very much more picky about, I don't like that style. I don't like this style. Um, But I think because of where I've come from, I'm able to recognize um, the beauty because I've had to recognize the beauty within my own life. Um, even though it's not what I wanted it to be, it's what it is. And so um, seeing that in someone else's artwork too, just because it's not, so to speak, my style doesn't mean it's not beautiful craftsmanship. And just being able to recognize that um, in others' work, I think has really just um, been something that I wouldn't have experienced if I hadn't had my scoliosis surgery. Yeah, it's not, it's too hard to dictate, like you know, or determine whether or not like what you would have become if none of this happened. It's it's too hard to do that. We could easily say like, well, we wouldn't have been this. Yeah, okay, for sure. Doesn't mean you would have been a good or a bad person. Who the hell knows? I mean, a lot of it's just depending on life experiences and how that alters your whole future. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we all kind of envision, you know, I've, I've gotten that question where it's like, hey, you know, what do you think is the vision problem, you know, that disease never happened to you. Do you think, you know, how would you think you would have turned out? I'm like, dude, I don't know. No idea. I couldn't, I can't fathom it. Like I could, I could, I can make things up. I have an imagination. I can go a certain route. I, I probably definitely wouldn't be as empathetic as I am. And there's certain positive things that have come, a lot of positive things that have come out of this, but I can't tell you I would be a bad person because I don't know. Because I didn't have a, I mean, I had a good mom, so it's not like I, you know, wasn't raised right. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, who knows? It doesn't mean I wouldn't have fell into drugs or anything. I mean, because part of the reason why I avoided drugs and alcohol is because I was so afraid of everything. Because medication almost killed me. And, um, and just, you know, you lose your sight at four years, most of your sight at four years old. It's like it's such a huge change and everything is scarier now. So it's like, I just said no to everything because of it. Um, would I have delved into drugs or alcohol? Maybe because my dad was in alcohol and, and I know a lot of people around me were in alcohol. So maybe, I don't know, but again, you can't predict anything because you know, there's, there's no one knows what's going to happen. So, um, before we kind of wrap up here, I want you to, you have things to promote, right? You said you have a book. I do have a book. Um, it's called God the Artist, and it is an, uh, an inspirational account of pottery and how it's referenced in the Bible. So I go through different Bible verses that talk about ceramics, and I'm interpreting them from my Christian and ceramic background. And I also, of course, dive into my uh, scoliosis experience and how I discovered pottery that way and all of my struggles with pottery and learning how to center clay and um, I talk a lot about my failures <laughs> and what I what I've learned from them. Um, so yes, that releases with Morgan James Publishing January 9th, twenty twenty four, and you can get that online wherever books are sold. 
Um, and you can also connect with me through my website. It's just my name, www.morganmccarver.com. And from there, you can follow me on social media. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can um, shop my pottery or um, purchase the book, or you can even um, just send me a message. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we got to start following each other on social media because we literally just met the other day. So uh, and yeah. this is our first physical like phone conversation. We, we texted yesterday, I think, for the first time. But um, So, yeah, we got to start following each other. But th- that it, what you were saying earlier, just kind of your connection with God and everything. And, I, and I, I do believe in God. I'm not the most religious person. But, I mean, one of the things that I wanted this to be, this podcast, is just be like a free space for people to be themselves. And I said I like to kind of tap into people who they are and let them be themselves. You know, I remember a guy came on very beginning of, of one of my episodes and uh, before we started recording, he said, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm really religious. And um, he, he was a father of a, a child who was autistic and the the child was was an adult and he had to give up his, you know, really nice job to take care of him in his 60s. And the, the wife had left and just left him with the kid and he had to be this amazing father to take care of this uh, adult child who, you know, basically has the mentality of a, of a kid. And um, and he's this amazing dad. And he does all these great things with him. And he was, I just want to let you know that I'm, like, super religious. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit how you got to being this. Like, I do care. I do care about the journey. But I don't, like, overall, you be whoever the hell you are. As long as you're not on here being, like, you know, ignorant and racist or, or whatever, I don't just be yourself. I don't have to agree with it or I don't have to be just like you to allow you to be yourself. Like I, I can understand where you're coming from and I, and I'm not like super religious like him or you, but I, you know, if God is how he got to becoming a great dad, then please tell your story. Like it's, it's just, that's who you are. That's what you believe. That's your and his story. And in your case, this is your story. You know, like I said, that that's what some that I love is just like, just, I, I like having a safe space where someone can just be themselves and, you know, there's people who have said stuff on here I don't agree with, not religious stuff, but other things. And I don't, it's not a combative show. It's not meant for me to go, well, I don't know, that's that's ridiculous. Like, if it's something so ridiculous, sure. But, like, I just want people to just be comfortable. And a lot of times I make friends out of it. And, and for me, I just want you to just be yourself. And whatever it is that got you to this point in time right now, every bit of it, please tell it. Because there's someone out there right now that's waiting to hear it. <laughs> And needs it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, opening up your platform. I really appreciate how accepting and open you are. Um, and just you having this platform to give a space to those of us who want to share. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, thanks. Hi, everybody. I didn't mean to cut that off so uh, abruptly. Um, I was trying to do something. And I was just like, oh, crap, I'll just hang up on it. Um, but I wanted to kind of finish our conversation and uh, I basically said a lot of things I normally say when I end, start to end a podcast, you know, start to wind down, just offered friendship and all that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate y'all guys. I hope you're all doing well. Um, life's life's looking up a little bit for me, um, but, you know, still same old stuff with the eyes and whatnot, mental health, but, you know, things are looking up. So that's all that matters. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you are doing well. Um you know, please, please hang in there if you're not and reach out again. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at my blurred opinion. And, um, 
yeah, I'm here if you need something. Uh, I'm going to get some sleep soon, but Bullet is chilling on the couch. He's here, but I don't know if he'll speak to you. Bullet, would you like to speak to your fans? Hey, 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 I'm poking him. Now that was for his fans. That was a special purr for his fans. I hope you guys appreciated that. He is the co-host. He sleeps, but he's here. <clears throat> I really wish he would feed me some things when my brain fog's kicking in because that would be what he would be here for. But no, he does not do that. He did meow. If you really heard it, you were paying attention when she was talking. He did meow once. Um, so there was that. But uh, anyway, I'm babbling. I never know how to end these damn things. I never know how to start it or end it. So, you know, the middle is always the best part. It's like the Oreo. Um, even though, you know, as I get older, the Oreo, like the, the stuffing, the, the, the filling, whatever you want to call that shit, the creamy, the cream in the middle, isn't actually the best part. The chocolate cookie is. And if you just ate the cream, eh, it's too much sugar. I know, I'm sounding like an old man. Anyway, guys, I will see y'all later. Um... It's been fun, and I'll see you next week, all right? All right, guys, you take care of yourself, and uh, whatever you're dealing with, good luck, and keep up the fight.